Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Good morning, Life Church. How are you today? You're doing well. Like he said, it feels amazing outside. How many of you guys love this weather? Come on. This is, I'll take this over any kind of cold all day long and again, all just all year. It's amazing. But yes, my name is Eli. I'm on staff here at Life Church as our involvement director, and I'm so excited to be a part of Life Church. This is, I'm in my sixth year now of working here, and it's a dream come true to be here. And so I just want to say it's awesome. But part of the thing that I like to do is I like getting people involved in our church. And so one of the things we do is we get people in serve teams and life groups in different areas of our church in which to get involved in. And so if you're looking for a place to get involved, if you want to make a difference with your life, today's a fantastic day to start because we've got life group signups that are happening for the summer that we've got going on. And of course, we've got serve teams that are happening all over the place and we need you to be a part of those. And so we're gonna be moving into a new facility in a few months and we're going to boost our serve team numbers. Yes, it's a great thing. And so we're gonna need to double our volunteers pretty much. And so we need you to be a part of it. So that's my push. I don't wanna guilt you into it today, but you know, it's pretty easy to do. You can just go on your phone. You can go onto a website. You're already online all the time anyway. So there you go, it's easy. You can go and do that. But Today's gonna be fantastic. One of our three church values is make a difference. And I don't know if you know this, but when you come in through those doors right there, there's three banners. And you guys probably, it's probably like white noise to you, but on those three banners are our three church values. And the last one is to make a difference. And so that's what we're gonna talk about today is to make a difference with your life. I don't care if you're five or 105, you can make a difference with your life, come on. And I think God wants to use people like me and you to ultimately, see people and to see others and, and to, to bring the, ke- the kingdom of heaven here on earth. So today is, so first service, first of all, by the way, they were awesome. But you guys are my second service people. And if I had to choose a service to attend, second service is it, because I get sleepy. And so I'm like, first service is great, but I'm a second service person. So you're pre- I'm preaching to my kind of people here. So, but make a difference, make a difference. How many of you guys truly believe that you can make a difference with your life? Come on, do you truly believe in this place that you can make a difference with your life? I see, I hear you say that. And then I also, at the same time, I see so much ho-hum in the world. I see so much sadness and just so many things that people are just getting bogged down with all the time, all the time, all the time. And people start to get jaded and they start to kind of lose their sight and they lose their focus. And even this morning, as I was at Dunkin' Donuts getting coffee and uh, donuts for, our, for some of our team, I was going through there to drive through and the person, I just asked how their morning was going and she's like, it's 8.30 and it's already been a hard morning. And there's people all across our city that they're having hard mornings, they're having hard times. And I couldn't think of a better opportunity for us as the church and us as Christians to not just sit in here and have a field day in here, but to go out and play the game of life when we're out there. That what happens in here, yes, this may be a fun little locker room, but the real field is out there. And that, that field out there, they need Jesus, but they need you because you can make a difference with your life. And I believe it's time for some of us to kind of unlock that switch in our brain to go, I can do this. God's called me for a time such as this. And so that's what I want to implore with you guys today. But my first point is this, it's simple. I've already said it. God has a plan for your life. God's got a plan for your life. It's that simple. And as long as you're breathing and as long as you got breath in those lungs, God's gonna use you. And so maybe you're in here today and you're going, maybe you're, maybe you're on the older side. And 
How can God use you? Well, guess what? He can use you in a lot of ways. He can use you just to serve here at church. He can use you to reach back to the younger generation as well. Sisterhood, they had a thing called reach up and reach back or something like that, where they did mentorship. Hello, get involved in things like that. Mentor people, lead groups, find people around you, get involved somehow. But God wants to use the difference there. And if you're a student in this place, God wants to use you in your schools, in your campuses. If you're an employee at a business, God wants you to be the very best employee that you possibly can be. I was talking to somebody and, and they were telling me they had a business, they had a lawn care business. And I was asking just kind of how their, how their job was going. And he said, it's great, but it's hard to find faithful people to work. And I'm going, man, it's time for the church to be faithful where we're working. It's time to be, you want to make a difference? Show up to work on time. You know, if you want to make a difference, you know, get your, you know, get all your ducks in a row and do all the things they're supposed to do and apply for jobs and show up and do what you're asked and, and do the simple things. That's how you can make a difference. But uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, it's a very common verse. And it says this, it says, for I know the plans I have for you. There are plans to prosper you and not harm you. There are plans to give you a hope and a future. And I fully believe in this place that, that this, there's people out here that they need a little bit of hope. They need to be awakened again. Their eyes need to be opened up to the things of God. They need to be opened up to the possibilities that God has for their life. And so often we think that God has these big plans and that means that you've got to come do things like this and, and you've got to go travel the world and be a missionary. And you know what, maybe your big plan is to have a marriage that is, that is faithful and that your kids can look up to. Or maybe it's, you're just trying to be a good parent and that's how you make a difference. Or maybe it's you're a teacher in school and, and you're able to pour back into students. Or maybe you're serving in kids' life. And if you're not serving in kids' life, you should be. Um, if you're serving in kids' life and you're pouring in to our kindergartners and to our fourth graders and to, and to our little kids back there. And, and God's saying, I, I want to use whatever's in your hand to make a difference. It doesn't have to be this grand thing. But he's just saying, just step into, step into what's available. What's in your hand to use? Luke 2 says this, Luke 12, 6 and 7 says this, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. And even the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. I mean, God, he's the creator. He put all the little grains of sand on our beautiful beaches. How many of you guys are beach people? Where are my beach people at? Oh my goodness, I love the beach, except for whenever you get in your car and you've got like everything has sand all over it. And you're like, thank you. Why did it have to be so messy here? But it's, <laughs> but it's great. But even God, he, he knows the grains of sand that are on there and, and the ones that are in your car and in your shoes as well. But he also knows how many hairs are on your head. And he says, how much more do I love you more than if the birds are taken care of? How much more are you gonna be taken care of? So my second point is this, is that Jesus knows us at our worst and still chooses us. He knows the things that we've done. He knows the things that we're gonna do. And he still says, I want you, I want you, I want you to serve. Cause I know the things that you're gonna do, but I also know that there's miracles that are gonna happen when you just step out in faith and say, God, I wanna choose you. I lift my hands up and I lay my whole life down. My life is for you. And sometimes we just gotta, we gotta humble ourselves. Making a difference is about really just humbling ourselves and our plans to what he wants for us, to what he has for us. But he knows us at our worst and still chooses us. And one of the Bible verses in this passage that I love, I love reading it. And so often it gets overlooked by the negative that happens on the back half of it. But on the first half of it, there's a beautiful miracle that happens. And it's this, this is Matthew 22, 33, or Matthew 14, 22 to 23, sorry. It says this, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. 
And later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on a lake. How of you guys would be freaked out if you saw Jesus walking on the intercoastal this afternoon? You know, what would be your first response? Would it be fear? Would you be scared if you saw someone walking on, on the intercoastal coming to you? But yeah, my first thing to do, you know what I'd absolutely do? I'd absolutely get my phone out and Instagram it because that's what I'm going to do. So I'd be like, this is awesome. Someone's walking on the water. I got to take a video of this. This is going viral. This is going to be fantastic. And you would do the same. You're sitting here laughing. You absolutely would do the same thing if you saw that. Don't shame me up here. You would do the same thing. You'd be videotaping that stuff, picturing it. Oh my gosh, you know you would. But it says they were terrified. They cried out, it's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus said to them, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. And then Peter here talks, and he's kind of the other main character of the story. And I don't know if you know anything about Peter, but Peter was a troublemaker. He was like a class A troublemaker, but he was one of the disciples. I mean, he cut off someone's ear. I mean, come on now, you know, if, you're, if any of you guys are cutting off people's ears in here, I'd be like, security, <laughs> figure this thing out here, because we can't be having that here happening. So, so he was doing that, but he also said he had foul mouth. He was saying things he shouldn't say. He was always putting his foot in his mouth. But also later, he would actually deny Jesus three different times, which led to the crucifixion of Jesus. Remember the Easter story we just had a few weeks ago, church? Did you already forget about that about a month ago? And, and, uh, but that set that up. And so he denied Jesus. But here it says this. It says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Some of us today need to say, Lord, if it's you, if this is your plan, call me out, I'm coming. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. See, Jesus knows that Peter has made a lot of mess ups in life and is gonna make plenty more mess ups. And yet he still says, come. I want you to take part in the miracle that's getting ready to happen. I want you to walk on water. I want you to step out. I want you to take a step of faith. And he's just saying, come, but that's all you have to do. He's just saying, come. But again, there is a second part to this. And it says, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid. Beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Oh, you have little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And those who were in the boat began worshiping him, saying, truly you are the son of God. See, when he took his eyes off Jesus, that's when he began to sink. It wasn't that he was already sinking. No, he was part of the miracle. He was walking in what Jesus had for him for that moment. But it's when he took his eyes off Jesus for just a split second that he began to realize the troubles of life were coming after him. That's when he realized the things that he had done and the waves and all those things and fear began to, to creep up and it says he started to sink. Maybe you're in this place today and maybe you're in a place in a season that you feel like you're sinking, that you've just taken your eyes off Jesus for just a split second. Maybe your gaze is turned here. Maybe it's, maybe it's just started as a little thing here and now it's this and this and this and you've just taken different steps to lead you in a different direction. And, and Jesus is here saying to you today and he's saying, I want, I want them to know that you're not too far gone, that God still wants to use you in a powerful way. And just because you feel like you're sinking now, Jesus is there to save us. And I believe that's the good news of the gospel, that Jesus died for people like me and you, so that when he went to the cross, it wasn't for nothing. It's because he wanted to forgive us of our sins and he wants us to live an eternal life with him forever and ever and ever. And he wants us to be part of that miracle today. Jesus, I mean, it's, I mean Peter is, I mean, seriously, if you were friends with Peter, you'd be like, what is this guy? How in the world is he even hanging out with Jesus? And you know, but Jesus, being the great he is, he's the Alpha and Omega. He knows the beginning. He knows the end. And 
he knows all the things in between. He knows our Mondays and Tuesdays. And, and he knows that ultimately when Peter says and denies Jesus three times, what that would mean for him. It would lead to the death of Jesus. Also the resurrection, but it would lead to a brutal death. And I don't think it's, I don't think you guys are going to do anything that bad, honestly. So, you know, you're pretty good. You're in good shape. No one here is going to, no one here is going to deny Jesus and, and end up getting him, and end up getting him killed. Thank God he rose again three days later. Come on, that's our testimony that once we were dead, but now we're alive in Christ. And I believe because of that, we can live and walk in a purpose and walk in freedom today. But he's looking for people to say, come. He's looking for people to say, yes, Jesus, I want to step out of the boat. Yes, Lord, use me. Yes, Lord, I, I lift my hands up and I'm laying my whole life down. My whole life now is yours. Lord, I want to step out. And I know there's going to be times where I'm going to sink. And I know there may be times where I get afraid, but Lord, help me fix my focus right back whenever those things happen. My third point is this. It says, you are a vessel. Say, say you are a vessel. Say, I am a vessel. Am a vessel. Say it like you mean it. Say, there we go. Second Kings 4, 1 through 7 says this, and fully transparent here, I um, actually heard uh, Pastor Jensen Franklin, he used this, um, and I remember listening to this, and the day that he did this, I remember I was at Kafir Community College. Kafir Community College, you're only supposed to go for two years there, but I overachieved and did it in three years. Um, so, you know, I just had a little extra schooling in me, and I did that before I went to Bible college, but, you know, I just wanted to make sure we were all good there at Kafir, you know, so, you know, I just had to make sure we were good there, but did three years there, but I had an 8 a.m. class and then I ended at nine, but then I had a 10, 15 or 10, 30 class. So I had this random gap of period. And I remember watching this in about 2012, 2013, somewhere in that time frame. And I remember seeing a message by Justin Franklin and he was talking about how you are a vessel, how me and you are vessels. And I remember seeing, sitting there in the library, I'll, I honestly promise you, I remember exactly where I was. I was in the third floor, sitting against the window. And I just remember hearing this and saying, Lord, if this is true and you are God, I want to give you my entire life. And yes, I've given my life to you before. You forgive me my sins, you live in me, but I surrender my plans to you. That time I thought I wanted to go into business. And honestly, I just was like, okay, sweet. This is what makes money. Sweet, I'll go into business. And you know, that's what you do. So I just kind of was following the trail. And I remember the Lord saying, if I can just have a little bit of your heart, and if I can have a little bit here, if you can give me your life, I can do so much more than you can imagine. And so shortly after that, I ended up going to Bible college. And, you know, here I am six years later, standing up here doing this. But I remember that moment because it changed my life. And it was from this passage here. And it's 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. See, then if... Uh, someone had a debt in the family or if the husband had a debt, the creditor would come and, and it says here that he died. So once he died, there was still a debt. So the creditor was coming, knocking at the door saying, hey, I'm here, you got to pay your debt. But the way you paid your debt was by your, uh, your sons ended up being servants to him. So they'd pay off their debt by the servants doing that. So they were coming to take the next generation of kids here. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. And I asked the first service, now I have no idea. Is it oil or oil? How do you say it? Oil, oil, soil, foil, coil, you know, oil. You know, I think his Southern accent changes how you say it there. We're going with oil today though, because that sounds better. <laughs> there you go, say it, say oil. <laughs> say, yeah, there you go, it sounds, yeah, you guys say it all different and whatever. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few 
And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour into all the vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went to him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go and sell your oil, pay off your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. Here in the Bible, the oil represents the blessings of God. It represents the Holy Spirit. There's several different meanings to it. But in this context here, let's imagine that the oil is what God has for your life. It's the blessings from heaven. And so here we see that she's saying, I have nothing in my house, but just some oil. And I believe all of us have a little bit in our hands that says, Lord, I don't have much, but what I do have, I'm gonna give you. All I know how to do is encourage someone, but I'm gonna be the best encourager that I can be. I may not be the best at this, but I can be hospitable. I can lead a group. I can have people over to my house for dinner. I can be a good friend to somebody. I can be faithful with this. What's in your hand? How many of you guys have been, who here are my hair cedar people? Anyone here been to hair cedar before? Yes. I like Harris Cedar. I go to Harris Cedar pretty often. Um, you know, it's just what we do. Um, so I was going there. This is probably, um, it was around Easter, so like a month or so ago. And if you don't know this about me, all of you guys do, but you may not know this, I drink about uh, one to two cups of chocolate milk every day. So I'm going to the store all the time getting chocolate milk and I'll go there at night. I promise you this. I go there just whenever I'm out, I'm like, dang it, it's nine o'clock. I gotta go get some chocolate milk. And it's true, it's just true. And I, you know, I, I wish it wasn't true, but I love chocolate milk so much. <laughs> I'm already excited for my other cup today because I got another one coming, so. <laughs> but when I go to the grocery store, it's an experience. I got to start from the far right side. I look at the vegetables that I know I'm not going to eat. And then I go and I'm like, wow, these bananas look fantastic. I'm just not going to eat them, but they look great. And you know, I wish I was healthy to this. And I start going around, and, you know, before you know, it, you've started putting things in your shopping cart or your buggy. Where are my Southern people? Who says buggy here? Yeah, it's a buggy. That's right. I put things in my buggy or my little basket. I'm only going for chocolate milk, by the way. And so I'm getting things. And of course, you got to throw the M&Ms in there because, you know, you never know when you need to eat a whole bag of M&Ms. And so, um, and then you're like, oh, sweet. I also need Frosted Flakes, you know, and that is also a staple in my house right now. And so I'm eating a bunch of Frosted Flakes. So with Frosted Flakes, I got to get more milk. So this happened a few weeks ago and I thought I did not need a bag to carry all of this stuff. I was like, I got this. Who are my people that you're like, I don't need a bag to carry things. I can make it in one thing. Surely you guys are leaving me on an island over here. You've never done this before. Come on. You've tried to carry it before. Well, I went to reach for my keys and I dropped everything. And it was just like four items, but it costs like $300 with inflation these days. And you know, it's just like, you never know. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. The economy's fantastic. I guess, you know, that's what they tell us. And um, so I'm like, sweet, but there's $300 of milk and cereal and probably some M&Ms on the ground and I've ruined it. But in that moment, I didn't think the bag was significant, but whenever I needed something to put into it, it carried a lot of significance, a lot of importance. And maybe some of us are a shopping bag today and God's just looking for something to pour into. He's saying, I know that shopping bag may cost five cents, but what I have to put inside of you is worth so much more than you can imagine. And it's gonna be worth so much and, and I wanna give it to you and I wanna impart this to you. And, and yes, I didn't think I needed a shopping bag. I didn't think I needed a vessel, but I had things to put in it and I needed it to take it to somewhere so that it could serve a purpose in my belly, preferably. 
or Amanda's. Haven can't eat food yet, so, um, you know, that's shows. But in our bellies, that's was the purpose. But God's saying, I need to get to my people today. I need them to know that I've got a purpose for them, that I'm putting something in their life and I'm just looking for a shopping bag to carry it to. I'm just looking for an open vessel to say, I've got the oil. The oil's not gonna stop as long as I've got a vessel. And is there anybody here at Life Church this morning that says, I wanna be a vessel. I wanna be someone that wants to be used by God. I wanna go into where I need to go into and take the good news of Jesus' place. Is there anyone here in Life Church on May 7th, on a beautiful day that says, that's me, I want to be a vessel. Come on. We also have, imagine this. Imagine, here's a pizza box. Who here is a pizza fan? Who here is a fan of pizza? Come on, pizza fans here. This is a, this is Domino's. Uh, this is a Domino's pizza box. I'm a Papa John's guy, I guess. I don't know. I, honestly, I'm a social pizza eater, if that's a thing. Um, I eat pizza at birthday parties. I eat it at people's houses. But like me and Amanda have ordered pizza to our house one time one time in a few years. And, you know, I'll probably change, you know, when kids are older and stuff like that. But we just don't order pizza a lot. She, we just don't. I'm just not a huge pizza person. But imagine that tonight at, say, five o'clock, you were to call up Domino's here and, and order yourself pizza. But you just said you wanted a large pizza. And, and the delivery guy, he showed up with, with pizza in his hand. No box, just pizza. Because that's what you asked for was pizza. And He's got cheese oozing down his shirt. He's got this, it's hot, it's burning his hands. And you don't know where those hands have been and you're just praying they're clean. And the first thing you'd ask when you open the door is, where is the box? Where's the box for the pizza? That's the first thing you would ask. Or let me put it another way. Maybe Jesus is saying, where are my vessels today? I've got this product to give you guys, but I'm looking for a vessel. I'm looking for, and what you guys don't know about this is that this thing is worth 20 cents. And a lot of us feel like we're worth 20 cents. But when I tell you, when God puts something in you, you're worth so much more value. You're worth more significance than you can imagine. And that he's got a plan for your life and it's gonna be wild and it's gonna be great and it's gonna be beautiful. But he's looking for a box and he's not looking for anything. He just needs a clean, available box or vessel to put his things into. And so today I hope that you guys are here to say, I wanna be open to what you have, Lord. Today, I want to be a clean vessel for you. But so oftentimes we, we relate more to Peter in the second half of that story and we go, Lord, I'm sinking. Can you actually use me? Are you sure you can use me? You, do you know my past? Do you know my hurts? Lord, do you wanna use me? I'm worth 20 cents. And so you wanna use people like me and you? And the answer is abundantly, yes, he does. He wants you because there's a world out there that needs you. And if we sit in here and have our little party and we go on social media and get our pity parties out and hoping people will join our pity party, then there's a world out there that's gonna be missing the good news of Jesus. There's a world out there that's gonna be missing faithful employees and great marriages and great kids and whatever it is that you have to offer. And I'm here today to say that God just wants you to take a step out into the water today. I'm gonna ask you guys to stand up for a minute and before we go into a time of worship, Jesus came to this earth fully man, but also fully God. And God used Jesus to be a vessel. And he came to bring the good news to the world. Romans says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And, and that's true, we have all fallen short and we're gonna continue falling short, but you are so loved by God. I don't think you understand how much Jesus loves you. 
And maybe today you just need to be reminded that he has a plan for you. He is for you and not against you. And so when he went to the cross, he was beaten, crown of thorns, bloodied. They took that vessel, they took that pizza box, so to speak, and they ripped it and they shattered it and they punctured it. And some of us feel like that, that we've been punctured and, and fractured and shattered all over the place. And, but Jesus says, I'm, I'm gonna take this for, for you and for me so that way we don't have to live in sin anymore. So he died. The Bible says he went down to hell and took back the keys. How many of you guys know the devil's so defeated, he doesn't even have the keys to his own house. That's the good news right there. The devil's so defeated, he only had the keys of his own house. So the prison and the hell of, of lust, of addiction. Oh no, the devil doesn't have a stronghold in that anymore because Jesus has the keys to that. The keys of, of maybe you're addicted to alcohol or drugs or pornography, whatever that looks like. Jesus says, I've got the keys now. It's not Satan that has the keys. So he went there and snatched them up out of hell. And he's saying, I, I'm bringing my saints along with me. Get in, it's like soul train all over again. Get in here, we're going, for, we're going to heaven, people. And, but he's saying, I need people to, to turn and repent. And this is great, but it's, it's only as great as if you take your next step and you accept Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Sin has a stronghold on us, but today Jesus says, I wanna break you free of that sin. And every single day that I get out, of my little bubble and I go to restaurants and I go to things, my heart hurts because people need Jesus. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, the Bible says. Life Church, can we go out into the harvest today, please? I'm tired of seeing things on social media. I'm tired of seeing things on the news and negative, just junk. Where are the Christians? Where are we? Well, I'm looking at several hundred in this room right now. And all it took for Jesus was to have 12 disciples and he turned the whole place upside down. If it takes 12 to turn the whole world upside down for Jesus, imagine what several hundred of you today could go do if you go out those doors and make a difference. I believe that you can do that. Oh, but, but Eli, you don't know what I've done. I don't care what you've done. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And that's what Jesus came to preach. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. So there's a few ways which you can respond today. If, if you wanna take communion, there's communion stations in the back. I'd love for you to take that. And it's a great time to reconnect with Jesus, for, ask for forgiveness of your sins. There's also our prayer team, they're on the sides. And if you guys can go ahead and make your way over to the sides right now, that'd be great. And, and there's two things you can do with, this, with the prayer team today. You can, you can go and of course you can get your, you can go if you're going through things in your life and you need Jesus to, to touch you in some sort of way. And if you need people to come into agreement with that, Go right there right now. But also if you are here today and you're saying, today I choose Jesus. Today I wanna to make Jesus the Lord of my life for the very first time. Where our prayer team, they'll love to be able to pray with you and resource you. Maybe you feel like you are Peter and you've taken your eyes off Jesus and you're saying, I need Jesus back in my life. Jesus, take the wheel. It's not just a song, but Lord Jesus, take the wheel of my life. I need you now more than ever. I wanna get my focus right with you. 
Well, another way I'm gonna ask you to respond is I'm just gonna ask you to take a step of faith and just come down here and worship and pray. And we're gonna lay hands on you. And we're gonna pray for you. And hopefully you guys respond to this, but maybe you're here. Maybe, maybe you are saying, Lord, I just wanna come. I just wanna come into the boat or I just wanna get out of the boat. I just wanna surrender my life to Jesus. Maybe not for the first time, but you're just saying, I just, Lord, I give you this. The same way I did at Cape Fear Community College in the third floor of the library, watching a YouTube video is the same thing I want for you guys today. It can be a marked moment or it can be Sunday, May 7th. Make it a marked moment today. And so we're gonna sing this song called New Wine. I don't know if you've heard it before, but it says, Lord, make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Do whatever you want to do with me. But Lord, today I want, I want your plans, not my plans. And 19 year old Eli was sitting there thinking he was gonna, you know, he was going to go to business school and he thought he was gonna get something awesome out of it. And, and that was great and all, but God says, I've got so much more for you than this. And if that's you today, I'm just gonna ask that you guys start coming to the front and worshiping with us because God wants to use you. And he's just looking for a clean pizza box. He's just looking for a clean vessel. You don't have to be perfect, but he's saying, I just want you to be clean today. And but more than anything, he wants to be available. The oil is flowing. Is there a vessel today? Is there a vessel today? So worship team, you can, you can start leading us into worship. You guys can make your way down front or to the sides.